Hello, I'm John Waters, and I'm supposed to announce there is no smoking in this theater, which I think is one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard of in my life. How can anyone sit through a length of a film, especially a European film, and not have a cigarette? But don't you wish you had one right now? Mmm, 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 mmm. And I'm telling you, smoke anyway. It gives ushers jobs. And if people didn't smoke, there would be no employment for the youth of today. So once again, no smoking in this theater. Mm. In case I forgot to... Okay, you've been recording. Yeah, well, only for a sec. Oh, once God. Again. Oh, no. I created a room where we're recording video, too. Um, well, turn, turn stop that. That's probably, yeah, stop that. Right? <laughs> On the contrary, we've got a YouTube channel, right? Yeah, we can show no. Hog here. I guess we do. Um, yeah, I don't no know harm. That. It's also recording the audio. So. Yeah, why, Unless it slows things why down. Would I, there's, there must be some harm. There's, look, here's the thing. No harm, but if there is harm... That's on you, man. That See, you took you're taking a big fat L mm, if there is I some will, sort of well, well, the problem is that harm. we've reached episode two hundred one, so we're just like really looking to be cancelled at this point. We're really surprised that we yeah. lasted this long. And we're I, just I'm, sort of it's yes. a race to the bottom at this point. It's like yeah, how long how, until we yeah. get cancelled? How hasn't it happened? Right, not, you know right, I mean? exactly. Absolutely not risk yes. making it to a three hundredth episode. This so cannot. we can so we can finally do what we originally set out to do, which was leverage this into a grift so that we could make money yeah. as alt-right grifters for the rest Look of our lives. Look forward to right? Try Love Host NFTs. It's all the same white guy, <laughs> yeah. just different mustaches. I, I'm going to sell like those. Uh, uh, to be honest, folks, and apologies for this, I'm going to sell the fake dick pills that don't work. I'm going to sell like those, like, you know, like, you sell not, me the fake whatever that alt-right work? stuff oh, yeah, is no. that they sell on like yeah. all yeah. those Horse channels. tranquilizers yeah. or whatever. I'm going to take that one yeah. sex toy that appears in every other tweet now. Anytime <laughs> that a tweet reaches enough critical mass there's just a sex toy being advertised underneath it i'm gonna sell yeah. those I, I forget yeah somebody on that one tweet that, of mine that actually went viral somebody asked there were a couple of people okay. who dm'd to ask if they could like buy ad space underneath my tweet and i was like no like was it no. the sex toy <laughs> i forget if one of them was a, i don't think it was, was anything as salacious toy. as that mostly it was like i, mean, oh, I think it was almost certainly a sex toy I think there was probably been, a sex what i should have done though i've regretted every single day is that i didn't say like no but if you give 50 dollars to charity and send me your receipt then like then I'll let you fuck off. I, Eat I, shit, I, Jason. I, I, I would have done that. God, fuck you know? off, you piece of shit. Thank you very much for listening oh, to God. or watching. I guess this episode of <laughs> Try Love uh, two hundred and one. It's a literal roundtable podcast where we talk about movies we saw, people we met uh, at or through the Trilon Cinema in Minneapolis, Minnesota. You can find us on Twitter at Trilon Podcast. You can find the Trilon at Trilon Cinema across all social media. Go to trilon.org for cool things like tickets and showings and programs and sponsorships and products. And other cool ways to support the Trilon Cinema here in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Sponsorships? I, did I say that? Well, you can sponsor me. Yeah, at the, the Trilon. Dick pills. Just, we just talked yeah. about this. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sponsor. Sorry, right. Yep, you're right. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, my name is Jason Daphnis. The Great White Hopeless is what they're going to call me. And you can find me on Twitter at Nintendoofus. I won't rest until everyone knows Cody is the master. Cody Narvison, that is. And you can find me on Twitter at Cody underscore BH. Folks, getting that glow, it's, it's hard work, right? It's a, it's a way of life. Um, but when you've you got, got that know. glow, you've got to know your That's body right. shows. I'm Harry Mack, and you can find me on Twitter at Shiitake Harry. Can you do like a hip-hop like, oh, ho, ho, can you do like one of those? You know what I mean? Like a <laughs> I'm 1980s. not really, really no, heading into the whole cancel joke, that, huh? But, uh, you do the Cody's uh, thing, I do it. 
Uh, and my name is Aaron, and I would love to show you, uh, Cody, some moves. Cody, I would like to have sex with you. Hmm. Hit me up after nice. this podcast. You can find nice. me on Twitter at RB Please. You can find Ow. me on Twitter at RB Please. Somebody's feeling the heat of the rhythm of the night. You. Uh, by the time that this episode comes out, you'll still be able to see the movie that we're talking about today but uh, you, at the Trilon. But you can check out the Trilon's website at Trilon.org for all kinds of cool things, including showings to movies like this. I believe this was part of a one-off. Well, this was not a series of Barry Gordy, No, right? no. Um, it was nope. a series. I won't, I won't, there was a series. This Crush is... Groove was the other movie oh, there in was. that series. Oh, that's, there's another one as well. Indeed. Is there? We'll, we'll you can get take to, that we'll from the top to if you want, it. Jason. I don't want to take it from Jason, the top. Jason, do you want we to? Have, we have locked it in. It is uh, it is where it belongs. And I'll let Aaron Hit take it. it away from here with a quick summary of the film. Yes, we are talking about The Last Dragon, which is a 1985 film. Uh, I'd like to warn you guys, I tried to make this one short. This this is one of those films you just expect to be a short summary. And there's a weird amount of plot in this short... movie, huh? Yeah. Hey, but mostly let's, because let's, there's let's about six different plots happening that don't need to don't be there. Interact with each other. Yes. Uh, this is a, a film directed by Michael Schultz. Uh, also probably important to note. It was produced by Rupert Hitzig uh, for the great Barry Gordy. Uh, if you don't know who Barry Gordy is, uh, he started Motown. He's, you know, he's Barry. You probably know that. Um, and this is showing, uh, or showed, I guess, if you're listening to this, uh, as a part of the Trilon series, the fly cinema of Michael Schultz. Um, yes. So it is, it is part of the series. Uh, the film follows Leroy Green, nicknamed Bruce Leroy, uh, and played here by martial artist, uh, Tamak, uh, maybe how you pronounce that, uh, who is I a think young it's man, Tymac, but go Tymac. on. Tiamak, Tiamak, uh, who is a young man in New York City uh, who trains relentlessly uh, under his Kung Fu master, played here uh, by Thomas Ikeda, not not given a name, but played by Thomas Ikeda. Uh, Leroy hopes to become uh, like the great uh, Bruce Lee, uh, whose films he watches uh, and moves. He kind of spends a lot of time uh, perfecting. Uh, Leroy's master tells him that he's, he's learned all that he can teach him, uh, but Leroy begs to learn the final step, which is the secret of the glow, uh, a, mar- a magical martial arts move uh, that allows the user to concentrate energy and become incredibly powerful during a fight. It's not really, frankly, described what it is, any sort of mechanics behind but it. But if it's you have the it, glow. The, the beauty you could create would be boundless. <laughs> yes, exactly. Except for the bad guy who maybe has it. We'll get to it. Well, probably. Leroy <laughs> explains that in the car with Vanity, uh, with excuse me, Laura. Uh, she he does say that that um, in the wrong uh, hands. a sufficiently advanced martial artist who did not have the sort of mental uh, peace of mind to to create mastery could nonetheless channel his energy in, into his like. hands. Yeah, yes. it's a false glow, but it is extremely powerful so, in the. So wrong we're hands. supposed to believe there are there's like a hierarchy of different uh, like a rainbow color of glows mm. that are different, and the the golden glow that's the that's that the is real correct. Glow. If you see a blue glow, weak. If if the song if you hear the song start playing, yes. that means that you have actually reached the upper level, and your mind, body, and soul are one. Sure. Uh, one day, while Leroy is watching a martial arts film at a local theater, uh, the showing is interrupted by Shonuf, uh, also known as the Shogun of Harlem, uh, played here by Julius Carey. R.I.P. Um, Shonuf is a R.I.P. Shonuf is a powerful martial arts leader uh, who has heard of Leroy and believes that he's the only person standing in the way of his martial arts 
dominance of there's New York City. There's an incredible cutaway. I'm sorry to keep interrupting. I no, love this going. movie very much. Look, it's, it no helps spoilers. with the long ass summary. Yeah. So please, there's yeah. uh, there's an incredible cutaway where one of henchmen, one of Shonuff's henchmen, helpfully explains that's the only guy who stands between <laughs> yes. show and total supremacy. And then we just cut back. Nobody questions that. That's just sort of like yeah. clearly true. A thing that is true is that um, Shonuff would be the supreme master of Harlem if not for Leroy Green. It's it's most movies try and establish characters who are like flawed in some way and then build them up in, in strength and power, especially martial arts films. This film just has the the guy start out at the top level. Uh, oh, no, 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 no. Wait a minute. Choice. Oh, we'll talk about this. That is yeah, not well, true at all. Will. Leroy has a very clear character flaw. I understand he has, he has a character overcome. flaw, but that it, it's it's pretty it's. Anyway, uh, Leroy also falls in love uh, with Laura Charles, played here by musician uh, and actor uh, Vanity, uh, who's a DJ and a TV show personality, hosts a variety music video show. Uh, Laura is targeted by a rich video game entrepreneur. He uh, is. He's the king of video games. Eddie Arcadian, which is a good, that's a good last name for a guy like that, played here by Christopher Murney, uh, who wants to kidnap Vanity in order to make her play um, on her TV show. Uh, a music video made by his girlfriend, Angela, played here by Faith Prince. Uh, to save the day, Leroy must battle Show Nuff and Arcadian's goons, uh, rescue Laura, and learn to believe in himself. Uh, the film was uh, financially successful uh, on release and is now often considered one of those kind of midnight movie cult classics. Um, the film is also notable due to its uh, mashup of uh, different genres and styles. Uh, the film stars primarily black characters uh, and has this kind of New York City martial arts setting. Um, and the, the soundtrack, I think, is also uh, notable and contributes to that. Uh, it was quite popular uh, with songs by uh, Vanity, Willie Hutch, Diane Warren and Stevie Wonder. Stevie Wonder. That's what I've got. Which track? Stevie Wonder had a song that was not in the film, oh, uh, but was on the soundtrack called <laughs> Give Me One Second. Click in the soundtrack also, link for uh, just, Upset Stuff. Just a second. Something that you can tell a lot about this movie is that they had a Stevie Wonder joint, and they were like, nah, yeah. nah, we don't need that heat in this movie. We've got something better. We have four original songs that describe the plot of the movie <laughs> That's right. uh, that we're going to insert into this movie instead of a Stevie Wonder song that we commissioned yeah. for this film. It is very, like, yeah, a 1985 Stevie Wonder song. Really, the the, the, the you one know, of the peaks, yeah. Stevie Wonder, just maybe the best pop musician of all time. But yeah. hey, you know, I've got. He, did he talk about the glow? I don't think so. <laughs> it's true. Just give him one more. Give him one more. Uh, it that does speak to like what I found so charming about this movie is that it's kind of it's not a parody. It's like classifiably not a parody. It has comedic elements, but it's a hero's journey movie that makes the hero's journey seem completely stupid because every other character just does not like understand until the very end and like you're saying about the soundtrack commenting directly on the plot as the plot is happening like most characters do that anyway in this movie and i just it, it put it put me in a certain space of like it's hard to I follow would, yeah like you do need times, that you do need the songs and the characters both reinforcing I, I agree the plot because it is and until it, you know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> Until it reaches the apiothis of what you're saying, Jason, which is that during the climax, they have the main song play that describes yes. exactly what is about to happen over the climactic scene in which we're not supposed to really under, like know that Leroy is about to become the master, except that this very triumphant music is playing, completely undercutting any yeah. sort of sense of tension that might be happening in this scene in okay, favor of just... Me. 
Are you telling me you didn't know Leroy was going to use the glow? Well, I, I've seen this movie just, about 10,000 oh, times. Oh, but yeah. only because you've seen <laughs> yeah, Excuse me. Was any, do we have any first-time movie watchers? Uh, I'll raise my Last hand Dragon watchers here. Watchers. Yeah, uh, did it, you yeah. think that Leroy was going seats. to use the glow? Yes or no? Pull the Here's audience, the thing. Please. This, uh, for as much as I love this movie, it played out like, especially that final sequence, like an episode of Blue's Clues, where it's like, do you see the the very obvious thing that you were supposed to see? Do you see it anywhere? The only place that this dude has never looked, and that's inside his own freaking heart like, and soul, yeah, man. Literally, the the soundtrack is chanting, "You are the last dragon. You possess the power of the glow." Before he possesses the power of the glow. <laughs> It rocks. It's, it's the it best. Rock. One of my favorite parts of like uh, the characters commenting on the plot is a very somewhat subtle kind of goofy moment where it's in the car. That same conversation you were talking about, Harry, between Laura and uh, uh, and Leroy, where he, he just describes in great detail with great passion uh, the his pursuit of uh, the master and of completeness and of the final level to attain the glow and to bring beauty and honor to the order order to the world. And she says, that's a really beautiful dream, Leroy. Anyway, <laughs> it's so funny. She's so, and like the, the fact that it's not even subtext that like she, she thinks he's such a nerd, but she's so horny for him that she's just yes. like, yes, 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 whatever. Like this let's- is the, it, it is the, the rear window thing of uh, the most attractive person you've ever seen wanting uh, most attractive woman you've ever seen wanting to bang the biggest fucking nerd so unbelievably does not make any sense in this film. She is set up as not just like a cool person, but the coolest person. She is the number one coolest person. Every single person is like, wow, I would love to to meet this woman. She is the number one coolest person and uh, falls in love with Leroy, who's uh, I mean, you know, he has a lot going for him, you know, martial arts, um, things like that. But uh, yeah, very weird romance in this film. Agreed. And it, it plays into, or rather, there's a, another sentiment that plays, I think, pretty well alongside and in, you know, well, I guess in conjunction with Jason, you noting the, the hero's journey. It, it felt a lot like a fish out of water story, too, which is like those two things are not mutually exclusive, but it's a fish out of water story for a guy who's like always lived here. Yes. But we get the sense that like in a lot of ways he hasn't been like he is as it's been said you know he uh, he people think very highly of him right off the bat he's seen as this um you know obstacle for you know and we'll talk about you know the the shogun i almost said my own name because i already um uh, expressed the dominance at this at the start of the yeah there we go um See, there's a little bit of that, but he doesn't know, he doesn't know, it, 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 it feels like he hasn't ever really fought anybody or had to like protect the downtrodden um, in the way that he's um, protecting the co-lead of this movie. He doesn't, he's having his brother who's about half his size, half his age described to him in more detail than I would really want, like the intricacies <laughs> of making love um, and then some. Um, there's a, a, a lot of, yeah, like interplay, it, it's like a, an alien coming down from outer space. Like it plays like that kind of movie, which again is not necessarily uh, a bad thing because uh, everybody's really bought into the, the sort of the silliness, the disjointedness. We're kind of glossing over things with like song and dance uh, interludes, but um, yeah, like a lot of good, not competing energies. I would argue like very complimentary ones. I, you can't, you really cannot overstate just how much that is the, 
full text and idea of this movie is that Tymok <laughs> Leroy Green is like this weird Bruce Lee worshiping weeb who literally dresses in like Bruce Lee's attire throughout the movie, the hat, the yellow jumpsuit, all of it. He talks like he's a Kung Fu master the whole time, but he's just in 1980s Harlem. <laughs> and everyone else is acting like they're in a highly fictionalized version. But again, it's like everybody else in this movie is like, what is what is Shonuff? And like, what is Leroy Green? Who are these lunatics that are like playing out these kung fu fantasies in broad daylight? Um, and I, you know, I, I really love it. I really love that, like legitimately, like this is a movie about Leroy Green learning to believe in himself as if he was Bruce Lee, right? Because like he is all about sort of like, I'm not good enough. I'm not Bruce Lee. I need to find the final level. And then he discovers that it was inside of himself all along, baby. It's, it's the best. You know, I think that, I think that the, the character arc works for me. (laughs) What do you think, Aaron? I, I think that we're we're misinterpreting the the character arc here, right? That the it's easy to say that hey, this is a, this is a story, but fish out of water story about a guy who's living this life so devotedly that when he gets out to real civilization, he doesn't know how to act, and he's like, you know, he, he's kind of learning all these social cues and whatnot. But that is not what the film is about. The film is about a guy who does not know how to have sex. He doesn't yes. know how to do that it. Is true. He has that no is game. Correct. He doesn't know how to talk to what he literally, as far as I can tell, does not actually know how to do that. Avoided health class. Did not take a single health class. His his main character arc is not what you just said. That's number two. It's <laughs> it's learning how to have sex. Which also is is a, a venerable, longstanding tradition of martial arts people. You only need to look to Goku in Dragon Ball Z. A man who yes. has several children and I does feeling? not know what sex is. Like a so, guy just confused by the sight of a yes, woman. You once, know? Yes. Once you reach the upper level and your mind, body, and soul are one, you do unfortunately not understand what sex is. You can't have one without yes. the other. It is a good point to say that this is like, very legitimately, this is a very classic martial arts it trope, is. which is the absolute perfectionist who is so dialed in that the that game, just gamelessness literally of the coolest anything man yes. in in like but also that China. makes him yeah. more appealing yeah. the 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 fa- fantasy here is that that makes him more like he's kind of speaking to nerds everywhere like if you actually oh, absolutely just, if you if you really get into uh you know i don't know rush albums if you like really get into it <laughs> the girls Harry, are actually gonna love you Harry, if you like practice if you practice with that katana enough <laughs> if you study the way of the sword enough 15 year old harry <laughs> yes there's there's a 14 year old uh on the playground who is like uh he knows how to use nunchucks well, okay. <laughs> hmm. I'll go up and talk to him yes. at lunch. Uh, the thing that it doesn't undercut what anybody's been saying. Whoops, I hit the wrong button. I'm all turned around because of the wrong video. Um, we had momentum too. Yeah, I can stop. You've slashed my tires. Uh, is like there are characters, by and large, the world around him, around Leroy, just keeps moving as normal. Like things just happen. People comment weirdly on like how he's moving through the world and his mission. Uh, his own brother uh, calls him all but like a jive turkey and how weird he dresses and stuff. And then there's just show enough and a band of weirdos and uh, Eddie Arcadian and his band of weirdos. And they just like seem to operate above and below like different levels of society to just move in the shadows the entire, t- like it reminds me very much of, and maybe it's just because we were talking about it at dinner before the movie, but Streets of Fire has the same kind of uh, like weird Wizard of Oz Very ass vibe so. where it's like they're re- operating in a real world. You can recognize like 1980s New York and just these really 
fairy tale things are going on where some people seem in, some people so seem not. That's not so much to like start a new talking point as it is to just like comment on how strangely this like the position this movie put me in was not the one I expected from the trailer. I expected like again, sort of traditionally classic hero's journey, fish out of water, maybe. But it like does all of those things and then none of those things and then wraps them all up at the end as if we've done all of them. It's just so it's manic. It goes everywhere and nowhere. <laughs> It's also worth kind of pointing out that this film is like uh, it. I, I think part of the reason this film is like kind of a cult film and so weird is that it is such a mishmash of different kind of not even complimentary tones to the point where it's kind of admirable, right? Like this is, I guess, kind of a children's movie, but also there's so much vulgarity in this. There, it, yeah. like this would be, I think, just based on the words they drop a rated R movie today. Today. Despite the fact that the rest of the content of this film is, you know, uh, literally like a, a children's TV show, right? Like it's, it's very weird. I guess, yeah. except for the sexual stuff too, which is, is like, so also upfront in a way it's like, it is a, they want their, their cake and eat it too. Uh, and, and the cake here is uh, a children's movie and to eat it too is, an extreme amount of vulgarity and just like <laughs> very forward sexuality. It, it uh, just it's very weird. It doesn't make sense. It shouldn't it work. It works so well because it does not care about working, right? It's like, it's such a wild movie. Also, it's frankly stunning that this movie predates the Wu-Tang Clan. Did you guys think about that at all while you were watching this? Because I cannot believe no, that. No, like, it predate the Wu-Tang Clan? It's 85. Wasn't, wasn't 36 Chambers 92? I'm pretty sure that 36 Chambers was 92. Yeah, you're right. 90, yeah, 93. But it's, yeah, yeah. It's wild that like, and and like a lot of the Did same this... themes, right? About like the, the intersection between hip hop and kung fu and, and about sort of like how like black people can find sort of like a self-identification that does not need to be based on other cultures, which is definitely what this movie is about in large part, even though it's too silly to really get there. Right. Because it doesn't really say that like Leroy never like abandons his sort of like weebness quote unquote, but that is the idea, right? Is that like he, he refuses to be a part of his community. He refuses to sort of like, he's like putting on this cosplay of Asianness. And then at the end of the movie, he learns that he doesn't have to do he, that. He's, he's wearing like a rice paddy farmer hat. Right. Yes. In right. the front row I of mean, a movie theater, by the way. Right. You, that's, you would get canceled him to by hell. that. <laughs> also, yes. I mean, that's that. I didn't think about that aspect of it. But yes, he, he's he, eating he, popcorn yes. with chopsticks, too, by the way. And, you know, he, he does his martial arts studio. You know, he's he, it, yes. his brother is right about him. Right. He, that the he's, point is he's that he's reading his like, is right. uh, like like the, the life pro tips subreddit where they're like, you don't want to get your hands buttery. You can eat them with chance. <laughs> like that's that's a very dumb idea. And right. whoever wrote this should be stopped in some <laughs> manner. Yeah. It was Leroy Green. He wrote that. Yeah, was his. But, but he was like, oh, cool head needs or a hot head needs cool water. And he like <laughs> said it in those. But, you know, it's like and then he learns through the movie that he doesn't need to affect it that way because well, he's OK. He's he, you say he's cosplaying, but he can catch an arrow with his bare hands. And, and like, he's spoilers. just he's cosplayed to the point where and he's bullets become with his the thing. Teeth. Oh, yeah. And absolutely. bullets with his teeth. Yes. Yes, he has he has played the bit too far, but, and it has played. But him. that's the thing, right? That is that his last step is that he thinks that that possessing this these abilities should make him different from who he is. It should give him some understanding of life or some sort of like separateness from himself. When in fact, he is the master. 
the person mm. the person that he is yeah. already and containing all of these multitudes that's why he yeah. possesses this power I, yeah. it's beautiful when you think about it <laughs> it's, it is yeah it's be- yeah sure it's sure. also kung fu panda but, <laughs> it's all yeah i mean chow it, it is kung fu panda is it, yes. it is it? literally the same plot as kung fu panda it is yeah. very much kung fu panda the um the thing that makes what you're saying about uh, his like self identity and like the multitudes he contains and how he realizes he does not need to perform several of them, like the ones that he's decided to perform. I think of the scenes where I think the first time it happens that I noticed anyway is when his brother Richie tells him, I'll like give you an invite to this dance party if you put me on your shoulders and rap. And it becomes abundantly clear that in addition to just being like a strange philosophizing young man, like this elder teen, the guy cannot rap like for for shit and it's like he's sort of like through those little vignettes uh and like one more i guess when he's when he's infiltrating the the master's domain uh some dumb goy <laughs> some dumb goy's domain extremely the good best joke yeah the movie, by the honestly. way uh <laughs> uh he like he has to show them how they play craps in in the in harlem like and you you want to be like like the guy from harlem right like he has to or he does anyway through these interactions with with people almost learn blackness in a way like it's like these little vignettes of him uh like through mostly like asian mostly people not, this, not black people like in a weird way it, there is something interesting about the kind of the multicultural I know. Uh, stew of new york and city and i'm not, I'm not in, the one that comment or like speak and to this but, right, right obviously those those three uh guys at the some dumb goy fortune cookie factory coolest guys in the movie though honestly like they are really yeah. they are really doing it up uh no but like that is again i'm not the most qualified to say it but it's very it's pretty clear that what the movie is doing there is showing that he is like sort of not at war with but not quite understanding who he is in the world and like driving that toward that ultimate end of like there is you know uh no self only oneness there's no like you know whatever it is getting toward those, you know, stereotypically Kung Fu movie ideals just through very, very interesting ways that are very like charged with the, you know, racial energy of the eighties and nineteen eighties New York and like very modern society video happens to be the most single, most important thing in this entire world to getting like your big break in your career. Yes. The, mu- a music the, whole, video. the whole antagonist's plot is kicked off by the fact that somebody won't play a music video at a club and it just drives me nuts. <laughs> I, I I I really found myself enjoying this movie while I was watching. Isn't it. it charming? It's so charming, right? Like I I think that um I mean I was gonna I was about to say Aaron was totally right and he totally hit it on the head when it was like this is the dream fantasy of like Leroy Green is a huge nerd and that yeah. like the whole movie is about how that's okay. Like it turns out that that's actually why he's so great is because he's a huge nerd. And so like all of you huge nerds out there who love kung fu movies and love like being nerds like you're great and vanity is going to fall in love with you don't even yes, worry about it it's really it. that part that it becomes uh, uh-huh. something oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. a you little bit it's uh, it's just if just really believe in only the things you care just really hyper focus on that you're totally uh, great but like yeah. that's because Leroy is totally great. Uh, Leroy also, is totally great. Yes, I I really love that. Like what you had said, Jason. I think you nailed it too when you said like this is legitimately a movie that is that is like mimicking the classic kung fu storylines, right? About sort of like selfhood and self mastery and sort of like almost uh, a sort of Buddhism. <laughs> and it's so funny that they like they do a weird amount of justice to the structure of a kung fu movie. Well, being this weird black exploitation, also basically just a uh, 
like a medium for all of the music that's in this movie. This is also a movie in addition no, this, to everything this is a else movie we've been talking totally about. Made to sell yeah, yeah. it's just yes. like there are like four, five, or maybe even six full music videos that just completely interrupt the entirety of the movie, so that we can watch Debarge in the rhythm of the heat of the night play out throughout this movie. Uh, it rocks. It's the best. It's like the best version of the '80s in the sense that it's like this totally unconcerned with being cheesy totally on top of the world, totally excited about how silly it is. <laughs> yeah, and it never gets into the realm, and I, we've already commented on it, but it, it's so committed to that and it's so earnest about everything that it never feels like parody or, or satire or anything like that, down to, I mean, our, our hero is so so socially inept, like more than Bruce Lee ever was in any of his movies. Probably I've, I've seen, but a fraction, but like, he's so over the top to the point where that sort of like affecta- affectation he takes on when he talks, he, he speaks very like clumsily and robotic um, to the point where like, I guess I wasn't sure if that was like how intentional that was, but the movie is aware of how uh, enough aware enough of how it's coming across to where they're smart enough to throw in his brother, like, mocking him mm-hmm. like, oh, oh i would i would like to see her like i don't <laughs> hammering on all the points enough to like providing just enough guardrails to be like it's it's okay to laugh at this because it, they're like we're we're intentional about how big of a doof he is and how high of a hill he has to climb you know again bigger than any hill bruce lee had to had to climb because he was very talented and charismatic and, and handsome and all that good stuff uh and leroy is too um but underselling just, bruce lee there sir how dare you how dare Wait, you? Uh, yeah. yeah uh, would you like you to comment ta- uh, on the, you on the sw- talk? You should talk in Bruce. What? No, of course not. I, Bruce did not have King uh, of the Bruce, Trilon, 2022. Bruce did not have Leo O'Brien as uh, Richie Green, uh, Leroy's younger brother, who is brutal, brutal in the amount of extremely. disses that he is. The, every three seconds, he makes a an extremely racist. Uh, yeah, it's uh, pretty rough. Diss, <laughs> diss, diss towards him, which, I mean, look, you get a video camera. Richie Green canceled today. He is absolutely yep. done. You put the camera on him for one second. He calls him jail. like what, like fried rice and stuff. Just like the most like racially charged, uh, the lowest uh, hanging fruit. Disses. Yes, the lowest hanging fruit. However, apart from apart from those bits, I quite like Richie Green in this film. I think the suit he wears when he's going to the uh, the taping uh, of Vanity's show. Uh, oh my very God. fly. Yeah. I mean, he kind of steals and the, the show in a lot of He looks good as stuff. hell. You know, you can't. He's you a good looking like eight year old. You know, he's like really killing it. Uh, and yeah. he does the he dances his way out of the ropes at the end. It's the hypest isn't moment that, of the entire that, like, movie. Oh, my God. It would be the hypest moment if it wasn't the same camera angle, just catching him in various stages of like release from the ropes. I, oh, I expect so that to be like showing like him like, I don't know, directing it like a music video, like half of the rest of the movie is anyway. Um, I don't know. It was that movie. That moment could have hit better. Sure. Speaking of, wow. of music videos and and the rely not the reliance on, but the the penchant for and um, I guess yeah, focus on like getting seen on tape on camera, getting your tape played. Uh, I would like to offer a humble take. The um the first video from what's her name Angela uh Veraco. Obviously, Veraco. Yeah, Morocco. Ver- yeah, song yeah. kind of a bop. I don't know if that video no, is that bad, bad, but no, I. Well, the thing so is, for, that for the, again, like for the, for the, the environment video of this movie, especially is grotesque. I mean, well, well, horrifying. But, but the thing is that 
like they do this thing where Vanity's song Seventh Heaven is supposed to be really, really good, and yeah. that song is very bad. And right. so when they when they play her later song and they play the music video that's supposed to be very bad, you're always I was always even back when I first saw this movie, I was I was a little bit like it feels like it's of a comparable quality to many of the right. songs. Yeah. It was supposed to be it's, it's like, supposed to play as dog shit and it's not it's dog, dog shit. Yeah, it's, it's like it's I don't know, like, this is it's a different genre, right? It's like new wavy kind of yeah, yeah. or whatever, but like they're, they're it's like, like butting heads with like but... we need we need something bad and embarrassing. We do still want to sell a soundtrack. So we're just <laughs> oh, yeah, going to yeah, yeah. kind of make it good enough. Although I don't actually know if that one is on the Is that not, is that one not on the soundtrack? You know what I mean. That'd be goofy. Now, Dirty I mean, books. It look the point still works. Just yeah. Yeah. I uh I also think that the uh the vanity song uh kind of sucks shit. Uh, which is unfortunate because it does the big movie thing, which is builds up this song. Every movie that has it's like builds up this song. This guy, this is his one song. This is the I hit song, I. and then um, nine. Right, and that's one of the good ones. But most movies, those songs suck. Those yeah, songs are it's awful. It's so apparent that like you just needed a better song than this. But then I don't know what are you going to pay somebody? It, yeah. I, I guess yeah. maybe no. Prince did not write that no no she prince uh, wrote a vanity, lot of vanity stuff vanity so was a big mm-hmm. prodigy of princes which is a yes. little bit surprising because vanity yes. is not a particularly great performer uh actress or musician <laughs> she is however very very attractive in this movie uh, which you know i think we, uh, the, 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 what i'm what i'm taking from horny. this is that they uh, uh, mm, cha-ching uh, I'm, I'm just saying you know yeah, down boy. The, they should have gone the Streets of Fire route. You know, one banger num- number at the top, one banger number at the end. Yeah. Sandwich your movie between two sure. all-time musical sequences You're saying they should have gotten Roy Cooter to do the soundtrack to this movie. Well, now we're just putting words in my mouth, but you're not wrong. He's not wrong. I would Roy like Cooter, that. really? Okay, yeah. I, I think Willie that could have used Stevie a lot more... Not good uh, enough for you, bud. Could have used a lot more sorry. steel guitar. Roy Cooter. <laughs> Yeah, probably. Just imagine, imagine this uh, movie with the Paris, Texas soundtrack. That's all I'm saying, you know. Uh, Counterpoint. I will. Sounds like the worst movie. Yeah, no, it sounds worse than (laughs) it sure does. I think you picked Uh, the worst parts of those movies to to swap. (laughs) I mean, I like the Paris, Texas soundtrack, but you know. Oh man, it's the best. Imagine Paris, Uh, Texas with this soundtrack. (laughs) Also, I feel like we've barely even started talking about this movie, you know, which is which is to speak to the fact that, like, um, I think on the way home, I I told Kelly, I was like. This movie, it has basically no plot in the sense that the second act of this movie is just the same idea repeated over and over again. But also, like, weirdly, like you were saying, Aaron, so much plot in the sense that, like, Eddie Arcadian and his girlfriend are doing their thing. Shonuff is doing his thing. It, like, these None these of it plots, makes any sense. I don't even know why Shonuff barely should, like, intersect. What is the, what is the really, the t- like, I know there is a tie there, but, like, what's really the tie between Shonuff uh, in Arcadia, it doesn't doesn't make any sense. Mm. Just like have him be paid. It, anyway, yeah, no. Uh, I writing the summary for this was brutal because yeah. I wrote like three very. It's like I have to talk about Leroy and his situation in martial arts. I have to talk about Shonuff, and then I have to talk about Vanity. I usually try and have one paragraph for a film, and I have three times that for the Last Dragon. I- uh, uh you, very fun yeah. film to have that long you, of an intro I, for, I, you but. have my uh sympathy you don't usually get that for uh Thank the pegs but but you have oh. my sympathy for this one um i think maybe materially my experience with the movie was i won't say harmed but lessened slightly by the like how much manufactured drama there is between the show enough thing and the arcadian thing like 
there is a there is a heart of the story and it's like uh you know as goofy as it is as like poke funny as it is and it is Leroy's like path to self actualization and identification etc and to know that like there's also this we've just got a big bad guy who just doesn't want Leroy to have that for whatever reason who came out of nowhere wearing hockey pads and like one tiny little rising sun on his sunglasses which is just it's the best character design i've seen in a movie from the 80s oh he's almost he's ever. unbelievable i shown off is so good very, very it cannot good. be stated enough but, yeah but when i think about how much there is like even pursuing the master uh is like a story that for as much as it's built up and we know that it was not coming like even that because we spent so much time with like a whole scene of Shonoff destroying the pizza parlor and whole scenes of Richie uh, lamenting that he doesn't get to go on a date with Laura is like just one thing after another. It feels like we've just crammed so much into it where it is like exploitation style. It's a lot of fun to watch. There's a lot of like stuff going on, a lot of drama to follow. But when you look at whether or not those pieces intersect, they, they just don't like there's, there's nothing connecting them except the same screen. So I don't know that like, I don't know that it ruined it. I get that it's part of the movie. I don't know if it was a better movie for it, I guess. I no, I, I think that's pretty fair. And as you were uh, talking about that, I, I thought of two, well, one of them I was going to bring up anyway, but I, I thought of two particular examples of just like the, that type of sensibility of like, these are disjointed They're They, they kind of work. I mean, they're also just there. Maybe it'd be a better movie if this were played out differently. The, the show enough thing I think is a, is a pretty good point, but, the I, I mean, just kind of very plainly, you know, the, the fact that it's this guy who uh, he really wants to fight, you know, our, our boy, Bruce Leroy, he doesn't want to fight him. And so how, you know, how, how is this fight going to happen? Oh, the other big bad of the movie is going to not pay him money, but like offer him money, basically contract him to mm-hmm. like, Hey, just like, like, this is, this is the ultimatum. Like you got to fight this guy. And this is, you know, it's the movie thing. Everything comes to a head, all parties intersect and like on paper that, I mean, it worked well enough compared to what I was anticipating when this guy showed up the first couple of times where I was like, Oh, this is going to be like a, a Paul Giamatti as the rhino situation in the second amazing Spider-Man where he shows up once and he's like, not he like not a threat at all he's laughable and then he shows up at the end of the movie and i mean spoilers you don't really see them fight it's a setup for the next movie that never happened but that's what i that's what i was thinking i thought the movie was um meant to meant to portray him as like oh leroy can can beat him it you know with both hands tied behind his back or something like that like it would be a completely like walkover situation and it wasn't there was there were some there there was some semblance uh rather there was some semblance of of stakes there and then i i guess on the arcadian note the fact that he does play a lot like um like uh, principal rooney from ferris bueller uh, (laughs) the the sort of the sort of villain who's off and to your point, there's not a lot of intersection there, the, uh, between you know his party and and Leroy's party until the end. Similar to how Rooney is not really engaging with the main characters at all until the final couple notes of the movie. Spoilers for Ferris Bueller's Day Off, by the way. Um, but uh, he and I guess they they sort of knew when Arcadian is by himself that um you know that actor who uh, Christopher Murney. Hey, listen, you're not gonna. <laughs> You're going to be in your own, your own corner of the movie for an extended for many extended periods of time. Just hey, do what you can to chew the fucking scenery right off <laughs> yeah, the wall. Great. Really make a meal it's of really these good. scenes. Um, like Loki, one of my favorite parts of the movie, and so I wasn't super 
mad that there wasn't a whole lot of overlap because every few minutes we could check back in with him and he'd be doing something completely manic could, and, and wild and fun to watch. Could anybody else have seen no, it, Dean Stockwell in that role? Just for a moment, just in fleeting oh, wow. glances. Jason <laughs> Alexander. Oh, yeah, Jason Alexander that yeah, is just, exactly I mean, who I was thinking. Jason Alexander Alexander I, I thought yes. that he did great, though. I, yeah, I, he does really yes. love his performance in this movie and, and how ridiculous it is. Um, I just wanted to bring up a couple of more uh, points of like hanging threads that just fascinate me in this movie. I love that Leroy has a bunch of martial arts students who have like three scenes in the movie. Johnny, to be fair, has a few more where he's like the, the Asian sort of sidekick to Leroy. Um, he has sort of a culminating character arc, but also alongside Johnny, there's this little really short, really young kid that they introduce literally the scene before. Uh, and then he gets to do a bunch of cool martial arts and it's supposed to be this great triumphant moment. And we're like, but we just, we literally just met this character. So, like, why do they keep showing him, like, it's so cool that he's pulling all of this off? So, I love that. I love the uh, the tank with the piranha from the beginning that Eddie Arcadian <laughs> has that uh, just, like, they set it up like Chekhov's piranha where there's, like, a whole scene where they feed it and it, like, it strips the meat off this bone in, like, half a second. Leroy dunks Arcadian's head in it in it at one point and it, like, really freaks him out. Never comes up again. It's gone um, Angela and Eddie, you missed this part, Jason, but Angela has like this great girl power moment where she finally stands up to Eddie and he says like, oh, you're just a girl from, uh, fucking what's it? Two gardens or what is it? Their old neighborhood yeah, in New yeah, Jersey yeah. or whatever. Uh, and you're just, you'll just be getting by on your tits. And she's like, you'll also just be getting by it's a good line. on my, and it's a great line, but, but it is like, why are we having like this, this weird girl power moment, especially because like she doesn't. I mean, I guess she she does tell Johnny where to go at power. the end. No, I mean, it, it's great, but it, it's just another one it. of those great scenes that's like, <laughs> there are so many things happening in this movie that just don't need to be happening, uh, yeah. but I, I love that they're happening so much. Arc Arcadian is like a, he's he like the scummiest James Bond villain. Like, yeah. he's like the low, he's like the low rent. He's got like a shark tank, but it's not really, you know what I mean? Like he's, he has, I guess, kind of like a lair sort of situation. I like it reminds me of like a weird. It reminds me of like a used car car salesman like version of like a James Bond guy with a lair and a girl, and you know what I mean. His, no. his I, final plot yeah. makes no sense whatsoever. It makes fact, no sense. There, there. At one point, his henchman, his right hand man, the the great white hopeless, as Jason called him, tries to shoot Leroy, and he pulls the gun out of Leroy's hand, and he's like, "No, I want to see this." He keeps alluding to like how this is great entertainment, how this is an exclusive. You're never going to see anything like this on pay per view. Yeah. But he's not shoot like he's not broadcasting it. He he just sort of like bought a bunch of mercenaries and is having Leroy fight them in like an empty warehouse somewhere. You, you have to believe that there are for a rich person like him, there are easier ways to get into distributing a music video. Cer you you could take ad space and you could just play it during the ad break. It's targeted though. They, I just solved you 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 showed No, you, you showed, played during the ad breaks of that show. You showed off at Lauren Charles's <laughs> thing or Laura Charles's thing and every yeah. cool person in Harlem is going to see that music. Like, I get it, like, but I just, like, I just don't like, believe like, that like an entrepreneur is not able to like crack 165 that. people are going to see that ad. Aaron, you don't understand the exposure. That <laughs> no, that was more Twitter followers than we have. <laughs> that so, was back oh, in the day. Oh, wow. 
the ninety six percent of the U.S. population was watching that show. That's how it's how TV worked back in nineteen eighty five. It's it true. Was like yeah. everybody just sits around and they watch uh, Laura Charles's music video show, uh, where people are rollerblading around. You and know, she, I think that do. the idea of the show is just that she she's like a tastemaker. She like just puts great music it's videos on. Yes. Yeah. It's, yeah. And yeah. so that's what Eddie wants. But it turns out that his girlfriend sucks at uh, music or whatever. Apparently, we don't know that because again, yeah. The, the I music would find somebody comparable. more talented if I was Mister Arcadian. That could be another opportunity. You know, you find somebody with talent. Well, he he tries. He tries to recruit Leroy yeah. at the end, but Leroy's they not can having make a lot it. of money. Yeah, because it's not about the money for Leroy. What was Leroy. his plan to make a lot of money with Leroy? Unclear. Uh, I mean, I guess if martial you, arts TV show, dance moves. If you're a legitimate person who can make your body glow on command, that's got to be sure. like a sideshow sort of I, thing. No, you don't think it's got to so. be worth you the know. Criterion box. You set start or glowing, you're super powerful. You wake up, you are being dissected by the government. You are on a table. They have they have cut one of your limbs off. They are poking at it with lab yeah. supplies. How, how are they going to stop You're, him? Though you see your arm. What are they going to shoot? Oh, they're going to shoot bullets at Go, him. Good luck. That's, yeah, that's true. That's, bullets. He does. He, yeah. Do we know how many bullets he can catch per minute? <laughs> Is it just like that's a good point? All of them. Good oh, point. Okay. Yeah, I mean he's Jason's the master. Asking the important the, questions. His, the beauty he can create is without bound. Can hey, you catch a nuke? Uh, you know, <laughs> I maybe my favorite scene in this movie is when Vanity shows. Uh, She's made a sort of Bruce Lee compilation <laughs> oh, yeah. music video on Leroy's behalf. Uh, and Leroy watching the music video and doing the moves alongside sees Bruce uh, like macking on uh, a girl. And that teaches him how to make out with Vanity. Um, <laughs> He's just like for me, a moment, for real, for real, for real. Uh, but then uh, he is interrupted because the next scene in the compilation uh, is Bruce Lee dressing up to break into the enemy's lair, and that gets Le- gives Leroy the idea to kind of do that, I guess. Uh, it doesn't really work. Uh, honestly, no, it doesn't, yeah, honestly, it doesn't if, make if, any sense. If they literally just put the part where he learns, where he realizes he can sneak into where he needs to go before the part where he learns how to kiss a girl, it, the whole scene probably would have worked a lot better. Like, culminate with this thing, <laughs> rather than culminating with a Oh, let's, let's. No, but it's it's so funny when she <laughs> says thanks a lot, Bruce, and then Bruce makes a flower bloom. Oh, it's the best. Uh, also, the best, um, the fact that like pound for pound, one fourth of this movie, it feels like is Leroy trying and failing to be like a quote unquote like soul brother with those three uh, Chinese guys. It's yeah. like Some twenty minutes. It's insane how much of the movie is devoted to yeah. that. Just I had to stopwatch. It was fifty six minutes. Jesus, hey, you that, guys, uh, you guys figured out there wasn't a master. Maybe minute one into that, right? You guys figured that one out as soon as it's called. You guys figured out it was, down it was some the, dumb goy. The, as soon as they revealed that on the sign, I, <laughs> I knew this movie was not taking like, for a ride. Ah, and I was like, <laughs> oh, I am the some dumb goy, or rather, Leroy's. You the realized there was not going to be a secret master in the back, like the break room. No, you know, what I, I, mean? I do hope that that's actually how Torch and Cookies work, though. Is just like. It comes up the exact phrase and then prints and then exact phrase and then prints just like a preview screen for no reason. I I don't know how they actually work. (laughs) A computer interface for it. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Not only does that scene go on too long, but it it, like the amount of times he is kicked out of that, like six times he's kicked out of that building, goes back into the building, 
is kicked out of that building, goes back into the building, is kicked out, kicks through the door to go back into the building. Yeah, and then finally he just uses his fucking kung fu to smash (laughs) his way in and just grab the dude and be like, yeah, take me in there. And it's like... He's not a violent individual. That's a good point. Yeah, that was a last resort. He was trying to... He was trying to use... He doesn't want any trouble. Yeah. Sure. Thank you. Uh, What what does he say? Peace is his shelter and God help him if he ever has to use his art. (laughs) That's what he instructs his, his students with. Uh... So what are the premier little freaks in this movie, huh? I mean, Arcadian. Arcadian's pretty high. Arcadian's Arcadian's a huge little freak. He's got to be on the list. There's like one or two henchmen, but I can't remember... The uh, the one who looks kind of like weird eclectic yeah. collection of henchmen. The one, the one, yeah. the one with like the, a very weird henchmen, like the bebop and rocksteady mo- triple mohawk thing. Uh, yeah, was like, she's very good. Uh, he like they pull down his pants and kick him down a slide or whatever. Oh yeah, the big Santa Claus pretty, looking pretty big guy. Freaky There's looking also. Guy. The really good guy when they introduce the scene where Arcadian is recruiting people and Arcadian just holds up a newspaper that says like, oh, co-ed thrown into furnace <laughs> and he lowers the uh, newspaper and there's just a dude with a you big sheet-eating grin and he's yes. like, you did the furnace killing? And he says, yeah, I fried it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like supposed to be like, oh, this is our guy. Like, this is the guy I'm going to recruit. But it's like, what? Jesus. Uh, also, that's, love that again, scene. another weirdly dark thing for a movie like burned a woman in a furnace i would assume alive right yes and also i love that uh all That's of the, awful. the people that um arcadian recruits like to like uh to fight leroy not a one of them looks like just you could have just gotten martial arts extras right like <laughs> no yeah they're, they're all just it like can't be, there's like an 80 year old man yeah, but it's they're crazy. all like they're all like that. They're all yes. like decked out in like furs and shit. They look like they're Conan the Barbarian villains, and it's like, why didn't they just get like big, tough looking guys? But I don't, I don't know. It's better that I, way because he's he's a he's a used car car salesman, is, James Bond. He's villain. a video. He's he has a video the henchman, he, but it's like you know, they one read, tooth Steve. They read on screen, you like, know, martial arts guys and geese against martial arts guys and geese. There's no sell there. There's no sex there. Martial arts guy and gee versus. A gigantic, uh, like he looks like Craven the Hunter, but he's nonverbal and he punches Larry. his head. Through, yes, like that. That sells. That gets the retweets. That gets the like. Which is it, weird because the, they're during this movie they are watching Enter the Dragon, which is martial arts guys oh, yeah. against a lot of martial arts guys, and <laughs> I don't know, pretty pretty sexy. But uh, well, you're right. Enter the they're, Dragon make thirty three million dollars. Is that what this no, movie made? Neither did I. I, I, I think it did. You know, I, I like think it think probably I'm did. Pretty <laughs> sexy. So wow. Um. So I I would say Little Freaks. Is Richie a little freak just because he's like eight and horny? Oh, does that count? Uh, no, no, I don't think. I would argue that Leroy's the bigger little freak, but Leroy's not really a little freak mm. either. I think Eddie Arcadian's got to take it. I, th- I think it's just Arcadian, to be honest. Yeah. There was a moment where I was like, "Oh, uh, Johnny, you is a little freak," but I, I withdraw that. I'm I'm not as confident about that one. Yeah, he was just because he's also yeah he's also a yeah a, a kid he who's was just horny, yeah. but you know. Whomst among us? Whomst among us wasn't a kid. Yeah, was we, yeah. How? What? He's like twelve. You know what I mean? Like what? Come on. How old is he? Johnny, you was supposed to be twelve. I don't know. How old do you think he is? The, the actor 14. doesn't have a Wikipedia link, so 14. I can't. You think fourteen? Would, if you, if you, you think he's fourteen, I shouldn't get a what for twelve. That's you know that's what fair. I mean? No, that's fair. I know You're, you didn't well, give me it. I'm a, just saying. It's a pivotal. It's a pivotal age. A lot that's of difference true. between twelve and fourteen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how Ooh, how this good guy, is one's not a he's, he, sorry he's he's young one's enough now teen, to not have uh, he, he has a receding hairline now. So uh, I don't know. Wait, we can do the math. Well, yeah, he was like fourteen in the eighties or whatever. He's ancient. Now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, well, forty no, years old, dude. Put inflation and in, in stuff. That's like thirty-three million dollars in today's age. 
Ouch. How good is uh, Show Nuff's uh, introduction, by the way? That's truly really one good. of the greatest Extremely cinema good. moments of all time, I think, in the movie theater. It is historically when he important. Says, oh, he got yeah. them to stop the projection of the movie. That's not easy to do. No, but he's the Shogun of Harlem, so it's just a Yeah, I know. That's power. that's what I'm saying. He's, he's and hot his, shit. And his next movie, I, so. after yeah. his badass like, boot-stomping intro, is to say, hey, Crunch, go find us seats. <laughs> like, just, I want to sit down now in front of this movie. Yeah, but I'm going to watch this movie. That's, maybe that should have set the tone for me for the rest of the movie. He's the baddest, the prettiest. What else does he say? He's the baddest mofo motown around this town. Uh, uh, he's shown up. It was very, yeah. very good. Also, yeah. uh, Eddie Arcadian repeatedly referring to him as Mr. Nuff uh, is a really, <laughs> really, really, really good, good joke. I, It's not an original joke, but I really love it whenever in anything somebody says something like that. Always works for me. Mr. Blank. Or, or just like if a character's name is like you know, like dead shot. The Impaler, people call Mr. him like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Mr. Shot or Mr. whatever. Shot. That's a good, yeah, you're it's right. A great that bit. is a good gag. Yes. Yes. Good bit. A classic bit. movie full of good bits. Uh, do we have any, um, junk drawer thoughts, uh, any fun shots, any one off things, favorite song type of stuff before we, uh, get into our final segment. Uh, shout outs to my, my homie from way back, Trent Holeva. Uh, this was our, terrible tuesday movie we did a thing throughout high school he and i where we would watch a, a quote-unquote bad movie every tuesday but uh we discovered this one pretty early and we just watched it almost every tuesday so i've seen this movie like 30 or 40 times at this point um so i have a, a great deal of fondness for it uh shout outs to to trent um i love you buddy that's all i got airing your mics on no nothing uh, yeah, no, I'm not going to follow that. You think I'm following that? Up I ain't with got nothing. Of, yeah, there's hey, only you guys there's only vanity one... was. I saw no, this movie <laughs> for the first time with my friends Cody and Harry. That's that's my uh, wow. Junk and I and the, the best and biggest and brightest for last. Uh, did somebody mention William H Macy? Yet? Oh my I fucking no, god! That's such a, little, a good a little point. Yes, no, so, I mean, sorry, important. Trent, but William H Macy was in this movie, and we we gotta he's we gotta blonde. Um, that was kind of wild. That was fucking I mean, wild. Yes. Yeah, so he's the one who's who's given who's like uh, he's he's yeah. he's the promoter, I think. Fifth for film. Laura. He, no, he's he's the man for Arcadian who's trying to get Laura to play the music video at her first show there. Where, he's where like, oh, JJ. please, please, Laura, please, you have to, you have to uh, have him on. You have to have this. Oh yes, ladies, Laura, I'm, I'm making the deal here. I'm making the deal. It's so funny. Yeah, That's a very William H. Macy performance. It's too. extremely William H. Very... It's it's his character from Fargo. Whimpering. That character yeah, went on yes. to do to be the same character who's in to Fargo. Be the guy yeah, from Fargo. The man. He just looks okay. incredible with the sandy blonde surfer hair. Like I don't. I could not believe how good he looks in that role. Uh, very good. Thank you for bringing up Cody. I almost forgot. I didn't make a note of it, so it was not in my head. Um, cool. If everybody's through with that, we should. Find a way to intro our final segment of the oh, show. Oh, uh, my last, Uh-oh. my last drunk drawer wow. thought. I'm sorry. Is that I? Whenever I hear the phrase "take thing one, take things one day at a time" or whatever, I always think about in the song how they go "take things one day at a time." <laughs> I really love the way that that's enunciated. I look forward to- that's what a wise man said to me. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, check out the soundtrack available now. Yeah, it's going to be in the on show Spotify, notes. actually. Wow. Uh, so, yeah, check it well, out. Of course, um, yeah. it's known. Yeah, of wow, course, free ad space for Spotify. Yeah. Jesus. Well, for the Last Dragon soundtrack on Spotify. Look, I, I don't mean, care. You can probably find it on Apple Music. I don't care how you like, listen to it. You know what I mean? Oh no, don't worry. You, you can't probably find it. it on the Pirate Bay. Dot. <laughs> I had dot it. Org. I bought it on Apple Music back in high school, and in fact, Charlie, who has never seen this movie. 
Uh, I asked her if she would come to this today, and wow. she said no. But I do know the song because you played the soundtrack so often. So, <laughs> but you know, when you got that glow, your body shows. Shout outs, shout so. outs to Charlie. Shout outs to when my body glows. Um, uh, let's let's get into our final segment. Yes, the segment that we like to call <gasps> Cody's, Cody's Glowies. Wow, thank you, gentlemen, for that uh, glowing introduction. Mm-hmm. Today we'll be subjected to a segment, Tihi, known as How to Train Your Try Love. Um, yeah, we're talking dragons today, because I didn't, I wasn't sure how much dragons would play into this movie, because I had to make the noties before we saw well, the sir, movie. Well, sh- surely you knew that they, would, they wouldn't have too big a role, seeing as how there was only one hmm. left. There was only Listen, one I, last I dragon. Good point. I, I haven't, I haven't seen this really movie. Dragon, though, you know? I haven't seen this movie 30 or 10,000 or 1 million like times Beowulf or whatever that dragon. mysterious Harry Mack number is. Big dragon. All, all I knew going into this the movie Hobbit. is that um, he would you know? find it within himself to, you know, ascend to that last level. That was, I mean, that was obvious. That's, that's day one stuff. Uh, but we are going to, uh, we're going to talk about dragons. What I'll do is present a series of prompts related to movies that incorporate dragons in some capacity. I've, I've handpicked this list, uh, uh, again, of dragons from a Wikipedia article called List of Dragons in Film and Television. So, hey, they make the rules, um, at least of what dragons we could include. So if you have any beef with the creature designations in this list, you know where to direct your complaints. That's to Bob Wikipedia Sr. Uh, after each prompt, I will ask you all in alphabetical by last name order to respond. You'll get a point. For every correct answer or closest to the correct answer, and the person with the most points at the end will win. As always, Trivia Mafia rules apply here, so use your nudes, not your googs. With that, let's go ahead and jump in. We're going to start, obviously, obviously, with King Ghidorah, who co-stars in many entries within the Godzilla franchise. Uh, Ghidorah uh, has many names. I don't know, y'all know this? He has, uh, he has many names. They have many names. Uh, which of the following? is not a recognized alias of King Ghidorah. Uh, and there are three of them. So the first one, Zero Monster. Second one, The Gold King. And third, The Death Song of Three Storms. Which one of those is not an accepted alias of King Ghidorah? And we've got uh, Jason first. Jason, what's your guess? I'll go The Gold King. All right. The Gold King, locking it in. Uh, Aaron, what do you think? Was the last one Death Song of Three Swords? The Death Song of Three Storms. Storm. See, that's the kind of one where it's like, I don't think you'd make it up, but maybe there's a word changed in that shit. But three, I guess, would make sense. Storm. Uh, I'm gonna go. F- I'm gonna go for the same one Jason went for. The 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 the. Oh, okay. the, gold the golden yeah. killed king. I'm a thought leader. Yeah. That's All the right. guy from True Detective. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's uh, the, the, the king yellow king. And gold. Is that? <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure it's the gold king. Cody, please continue with the. Okay, Cody. sure. Yeah, yeah, I'll continue. And please Harry, continue. Uh, nope. Harry, there's no. Uh, Aaron removed the pressure to um, cover the whole spread, so you you don't you're not bound by those shackles any longer. What what what, what, what do you want to guess? It was here that Harry's track shat out in Zencaster, so I'm just going to truncate all of the silence that was left when his voice left. It's going to sound weird, but uh, apologies. <laughs> Now that was a combo breaker. I'm, I'm changing things up ever Talking. so slightly. Uh, locking that in. Harry Mackin is correct. It is indeed Zero uh, Monster. Uh, uh, or, uh, as the fake one, Monster Zero is the corrected version. So I did just do a little, did a, did a little, did a little switcheroo there. Um, so that is a point for Harry. Uh, there are a bunch of other really cool aliases. There's like 16 of them total. If you look up again, Bob Wikipedia Senior put together a mighty fine article about King Ghidorah. <laughs> 
So I did. I did look at the that. monster aliases when I was making the summaries for the Godzilla Godzilla films we covered, and yes, uh, there's a very long when, list of all of when them. We say aliases. In what good. context are these? Are these deployed? Is it just different markets or different like? A toy might be called one, and trading cards. Might be called there's, another. Some, I know. there's some sort of uh, there's some sort of you know kind of native tribe on this island who refer to this creature as this, and it's in the mm, prophecy. Okay, okay, you know okay. I, mean? I like that. And you look, you make like forty of those films over the course of a few decades, and all of a sudden you have nine thousand aliases for yeah. monsters. Yeah, yeah. Ah, it's funny how that works, man. Shout out, you know what? Shout out to movies for being so plentiful. Uh, next, we'll pivot to to Mushu who is voiced by Eddie Murphy in the film Mulan. Now, Mulan had its original score arranged by Jerry Goldsmith, whose credits extend to films like Alien, Chinatown, The Mummy, uh, and Psycho 2. How many, this is the question, how many Academy Award nominations did Jerry Goldsmith accumulate throughout his career, Jason? I'm going to say three. Jason is going to say three, locking that in. Uh, Aaron, what's your guess? Could you repeat the list you just read? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, what ones did I say? I had a, a few of them down here. I was Alien, Chinatown, The Mummy, uh, Total Recall. I can't remember if I said that one. Um, and Psycho 2. Those are, those are the, the five examples. Can you just keep No. Uh, uh, I can repeat those on a loop. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, I'm, I'm going to go. I mean, I feel like you read with Mulan. You read like three that I could see. Uh, nom- I'm, I'm going to go. Yeah, I'm going to go four. I guess. All right. Aaron's going yeah. four and Harry. What do you think? You Harry is going fuck it, man. You have a point. Why you do, I mean, what are you going to guess like 10? You know what I mean? Like, Dang, I and Harry busted out the Arcadian laugh. Jeez. Very spooky. <laughs> uh, throughout his career, uh, Jerry Goldsmith obtained 18 Oscar nominations. 18 of those. <sighs> That's so many. Uh, he won one Oscar, I believe, for The Omen. He won Best cool. Original Score. He was a, he was a um, good composer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The hot take. Pretty good, pretty good composer. Um, at a part of a lot of pretty good movies. At some of the movies I listed, we even did episodes about <laughs> uh, those Once Upon a Time. So check, check out that back catalog, you new listeners. checking in for The Last Dragon for some reason. Um, no judgment. Uh, no judgment, uh, at least uh, of the ill kind, uh, falling upon Harry at this moment as he is two for two. Uh, everybody else uh, has yet to get on the board. I'm just going to come out and say it. Still very much anybody's game. And that is the truth as we head into question three, as we turn to Pokemon Detective Pikachu, which features, the po- which features the Pokemon Charizard, uh, who is not a dragon type. Just want to throw that out there. I, I, Charizard's in the Wikipedia article. Yeah, fuck that later generation <laughs> bullshit. We're, 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 but, but yes, um, yeah, the, the Charizard often gets lumped into to the dragon type group because Charizard looks like a fucking dragon. You know, what are you going to do? Um, Charizard is actually uh, a part flying and part fire type. And so my uh, segueing into, into the actual question at hand of the first generation of Pokemon. So the first 151 little critters as Aaron's eyes get big, how many of that uh, original generation are at least part fire type? So of the 151 original pocket monsters, how many of them are at least part fire? Jason is a 45 of them. Jason is going 45. Uh, Aaron, what do you think? 
you forget how f- popular fire is. I don't know. I, I was I was I was a casual fan of Pokemon at the most ardent. So it's like these questions are designed for Harry Mack. I don't look. I don't want to point fingers, but but after some of the fiascos of recent Cody's Dodies, is this being thrown? Hmm. Much like the current World Cup has been. Aaron, with, you've won uh, so many of these, especially not, lately. Against <laughs> insurmountable odds, you understand. Uh-huh. Um, so when you no, insurmountable uh, odds, that's when he struggles. <laughs> that's what. It, yes. Uh, uh no I'm uh I'm gonna sorry Jason what do you guess forty five forty five Pokemon yeah I my my thought was thirty one although it gives room for Harry to screw me over here we'll see all right we're going thirty one uh so forty five thirty one and Harry what do you think Harry's going fifteen uh the correct answer the original one hundred fifty one Pokemon uh the number that are at least uh part fire type. Twelve. Do you think we can name of all, name of all here? We got Charmander, Charmeleon, Charizard, Growlithe, Arcanine, Volpix, Nine Tails. I'm going to keep going. Flareon, Magmar, Moltres. Jason, your eyes open to this. Yes, I am watching. How much? One, how two, much three, four, did six, he seven, pay eight, you? Nine, ten, eleven. <laughs> one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. I'm missing one. Whatever. It's not important. It is important. I think I said Magmar. Yeah, Magmar. Well, we'll do nice. this. Well, we'll. we'll We'll, we'll do this later, but yes, uh, only a couple off. Game, so. uh, hey, I'm not gonna lie, still any, still anybody's game. Uh, but okay. Harry did get closest. He's three for three for question four. We've got Haku from the film Spirited Away. Um, yeah, and yeah, everybody's eyes light up. Uh, good yeah. moment. Good yeah. moment. In the guess, GC. Yeah. Uh, my question for you all on the list of cumulative worldwide box office. Yeah, and the eyes quickly dim once again. Uh, the uh-huh. list of cumulative worldwide box office for Studio Ghibli films. Where does Spirited Away rank, Jason? Ooh, um, are you allowed to tell me how many movies there are total? Uh, does that matter? Uh, I am not okay. because I don't know. It. Okay, I will say that it ranks number three. Jason is going number three. Uh, Aaron, where are you ranking this? Uh, Endless Ponyo. I'm at number one. Aaron is going number one. And Harry, what are you going with? Harry is going with number four. Uh, going by Worldwide Box Office, Spirited Away is number one by a pretty Fuck. wide margin at roughly $384 See, million. And then we bring back the box office. Let's. Sorry, continue. That's right. Uh, oh, and no, I was just going to uh, just uh, padding it uh, a little bit here. Second place, uh, way back with $238 million is Howl's Moving Castle. Ponyo uh, is just yeah. behind with two hundred five, And number four, uh, The Secret World of Arietti at $151 really? million. Dollars. Yeah. Um, really? yeah they, they were really onto something with that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It happens to the, happens to the best of us. Saying the um, wind rises, not a big... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Number five. Yeah. And hey, the Only ocean yesterday. waves, the, the tides of this just, game, yeah. as, <laughs> as they continue to thrash, because it is still very much anybody's game as we head into the final question. And we will call upon, you know, you know, it was coming. You know, it was coming. Uh, Ginkgo Who Soars from the film Doolittle. Uh, 2020's Doolittle. Oh, my uh, there was a dragon in that God, movie. Um, but but bear with me. We're not we're not going to be here for for very long. Spoilers uh, for the 2020 film Doolittle. Uh, Ginkgo who soars famously has an enema performed upon her in that movie oh, uh, yeah. because it is a gendered her dragon. Um, yes. Another famous enema. Hey, speaking of enemas, uh, another famous one in pop another culture. Face. 
stems from the 1999 album Enema of the State from okay. the band Blink-182. Okay. Maybe it's a great, you've heard of them. Really? Yeah. I, wanted, I, I, I didn't want to. I, 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 I really, like this. I, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. The, uh, the track from that album, one track from that album, probably the one that's maintained popularity and, and relevance the most is All the Small Things. Uh, a, a lot of bops on that album, to, to be certain. But Enema of the State is comprised of 12 tracks, all in all. And what slot does All the Small Things occupy within the track list for this album? 1 through 12. Uh, whomever's closest to the actual placement will get 3 points, 2 points for the next closest, and 1 point for the third person. And Harry's like, what? What the fuck? What are these rules? This is That's the, the face he made. Yes, and yeah, the sound. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I can read lips. I know he said it. He was muted, he but yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, he got my ass, uh, I'm sure. And uh, somebody here is going to get my ass by winning this game and getting this right, hopefully, starting with Jason. Where do you think this uh, this is slotted in the Enema of the State track list? All the small things. I'm not confident, super confident in this, but I'll say track number two. Jason is going track number two. Uh, and we pivot to Aaron as I etch that two uh, in stone uh, for the, the number two guess. Um, and then uh, Aaron, yeah. what do you think? So I can etch that in stone next. Uh, pop punk does not sit well with Aaron. Do not know a single thing about <laughs> for this. somebody who Just doesn't like high school movies. I'm not surprised movies. by this. I like, I like, I like weirdly Rush, was in the I sky. Like, uh, Tarkovsky but, movies. No, I was, I was into Scott. It doesn't make any sense. Um, I will say, all small things performed really well. Don't know if it was the lead single going to assume so and say lead singles, either track two or track three. Jason said two. I will guess track three. Aaron will guess track three and I'm etching that in a concrete slab. And we turn to Harry. Harry, what is your, your guess for this one? God. Fine. That Arcadian chuckle. Once again, I'm doing some quick math here. I've got the final scores all tabulated. Uh, thank you in advance for playing. This has been how to train your try. How to train your trial of on the original release of the album Enema of the State because there's been a, a couple you know varied uh, extended releases um, with like live versions and, and things like that. But the OG release in the year of our Lord 1999, all the small things occupied slot number eight. Number eight out of twelve. Okay. Uh, Jason comes away with a point. Aaron comes away with three points uh, all in all. And Harry comes away with six points. Uh, and now I, I humbly offer this stage for Harry to pop off if he so chooses. Harry? I never want to give Aaron any credit whatsoever. Obviously, I find him unctuous. Uh-huh. I find him obnoxious. Uh, he's sort of the heel of the podcast, if you will. And he's better than me at uh, trivia, which continues to rankle me. I really hate to be this guy. I don't hate to be this guy. I'm mm. sorry. 69. <laughs> you're, you're, this is going to be your season, but you're going to be... This is your reign, but you're going to be like one of those like child kings who's immediately killed. Just immediately. <laughs> someone just immediately runs that kid through with a spear. <laughs> I don't think they're going to miss. I don't think they're going to miss. No. I'm <laughs> shooting Harry with a gun. No misses. Can I, can I say that... Uh, Jason and I are opening an independent investigation to see if there were some sort of bribes exchanged uh, due to the nature of the question. We're, we're, we're going we're gonna to get to the bottom of this, yeah. uh, no matter what the answer review. is. We'll, but we'll arbitrate it through a yes. third party. Uh, don't worry about Listen, it. Listen, yeah. Pokemon is video games, and that is everybody's domain but mine. So, <laughs> uh, At least you have one domain, Cody, and it's uh, always closing our yes. episodes on the funnest 
goodest time we could possibly have for ending these episodes because uh, parting is such sweet sorrow and uh, and it's a lot sweeter when uh, when we get to close it within a game of Cody's Noties. So thank you once again for that. Uh, our episodes uh, 1 through 200 are now live. Uh, everybody, you can you can listen to those. Uh, you can also go to the Trilons website uh, for actual content and things you might want. Uh, let's see what we've got coming up with the Trilon. We've got uh, well, right now, the Fly Cinema of Michael Schultz is currently finishing with The Last Dragon, if you're listening to this on release date. Uh, prototypes for the rom-com, the Three Colors trilogy, Into the 21st Century Dystopia, um, and Exploitation Extravaganza, and a bunch more stuff is already scheduled at the Trilon through the beginning of next year. Go ahead and check it out at trilon.org. See something you want to see uh, and, and you know, check it out. Uh, get in touch with us at Trilon. Jesus, how do I do that every time? At Podcast on Twitter or trylovepodcast at gmail.com let us know that you're listening that you want to be on that you want to talk that you want to meet at the trial whatever uh get in touch with us there um my name is yeah right uh, give me the eyebrows uh my name is jason daphnis and if you want to get in touch with me don't uh find me on twitter at nintendoofus uh, I got it, by the way. Charmander, Charmeleon, Charizard, Growlithe, Arcanine, Vulpix, Ninetales, Moltres, Magmar, Flareon, Ponyta, Rapidash. I've been Cody Narvison. You can find me on Twitter at Cody underscore B-B-B-B-H. You can find Harry on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at Shiitake Harry. I hate data so much. I'm growing to like it more. Uh, my name is Aaron. Once I am done murdering Harry in his bed, I will also murder Jason for playing that clip uh, too much. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at RB, please. Go now, my son, on your journey. Go. Go.
Oh. 